We'll be continuing with uh, the practice of equanimity and be moving into this category of all beings. When I reflect on bringing equanimity into this category of all beings, it, it evokes for me the importance of this quality uh, in this Brahma Vihara in the context of navigating the world that we live in. And I'm sure, I'm guessing actually, but most likely uh, the other teachers have talked to you about how equanimity balances the other Brahma Viharas and in some ways allows them to be expressed in a way that we're not falling into their near enemies or far enemies, which I feel allows us to act in the world in a skillful way or be in the world in a skillful way. And before we uh, begin with the, the guided meditation, I, I just want to share with you a story and an image to help uh, hopefully broaden our exploration of this quality. When I think of, of equanimity, what comes to mind is, is a story about the, the monk Ajahn Brahmahamso, who has a monastery down in Perth, Australia. And last year, he was invited to give a talk at a United Nations conference in Vietnam. And if you know, it usually goes by the name of Ajahn Brahm. And if any of you know anything about Ajahn Brahm, the thing he loves to talk about is bhikkhuni ordination or the full ordination of, of women in the Theravada tradition. And which I think is a, a beautiful and important thing for this tradition. And so he travels all the way to Vietnam, and he gets there. And when he gets there, they tell him at the very last minute, sorry, you can't give your talk here. And the reason is because the, it was, who knows, but it was most likely the, the, the uh, Buddhist establishment in, in places like Thailand and Burma are uh, very much opposed to full ordination for women. And so he flew back to Australia without giving his talk. And somebody asked him at a Dharma talk uh, shortly thereafter, what was that like? I mean, you must have been upset that you here you fly all the way to Vietnam to talk about gender equality. And here, uh, here you're silenced once again on this issue. And he said, of course I'm not upset. I'm not upset because I understand the, this is how things are. This is what it's like. Why would I be upset with the way things are? And then he went on to kind of mention, you know, whenever you're engaged in any kind of change, it takes a while. And it was an understanding that these are the causes and conditions that are here right now. It doesn't stop him from speaking about gender equality. It allows them to continue, but that is the quality of equanimity there at play. It's allowing for the response of compassion or kindness, but actually not being swayed by the circumstances that he finds himself in. Actually, he was here uh, just last week, and uh, us teachers got together with him just for a chat, and so I was asking him about this situation. And he said, in the end... It's probably the best thing that happened, he said, because now that my talk is banned, 
a lot more people read it. He said, you know, <laughs> if I would have given that talk, nobody would have heard it other than a few, you know, a few thousand people at the, at the conference. But now everybody's reading it. So he thought it was really great. <laughs> and not only that, he um, was able to really call into question the, this UN conference because part of his paper was saying that, that gender equality is um, a part of now the UN's charter. And if they're going to be supporting something like this conference that happened in Vietnam, they need to actually consider these kinds of responses. Uh, so in, in some ways, it ended up being a boon. Again, these are the, just the, the vicissitudes that happen in any kind of situation. The reason I want to share with you the story is because sometimes we get a sense that equanimity means this quality of stillness uh, that gets equated with inaction. And it's not the case. It allows for action. It allows for skillful response rather than mere reactivity. The the image that I find helpful just to get an understanding of equanimity and also especially when I'm doing the practice of equanimity as, as a Brahma Vihara is one way is explained to me is, is it's like equanimity is the way the ballast works in a ship or in a boat, right? So the ballast is kind of the weight at the bottom of, the, of a boat or in the keel. Uh, so that when it's, for example, in the ocean or in even especially in storms and rough waters, that it can't be tipped over because the weight underneath there keeps it from being completely capsized. It gives the ship a kind of, or the boat, a kind of stability both when the waters are calm as well as when there's a huge storm. Equanimity is that ballast. It's, it's a quality of balance, stability, or probably what's spoken about, a quality of acceptance. So a special kind of acceptance that has that stability to it and yet still connected. So connected so it's not moving over into the near enemy of apathy. When I practice the Brahma Vihara of equanimity, the way it was taught to me that I find help, uh, helpful is that when, and we'll do this at the beginning, is uh, to sense into the body in a particular way, which is sensing into any quality of stillness or stability that you feel. And again, this is your own experiment, so you'll get a sense of what works and what doesn't work for you. This is just something that I found helpful, and you might find other ways. And, and often I have a sense of the whole body. So again, a, a sensitivity to stillness and stability in the whole body. Whereas the other Brahma Viharas, often the way it's taught, of course, is really connecting with the heart center. But the, the equanimity is not really a, a movement of the heart uh, the way the other Brahma Viharas are. At least the way I was taught it, it was more this sense of stability or balance that's that underlies the movement of the heart. So you you might want to get a sense of that uh, as we uh, begin the guided in a few minutes here. The other thing that I want to name around the equanimity practice, which again might have been already talked about, but I uh, sometimes influences the the phrases that I use or offer 
Um, and of course, you, you might already have the phrases that work for you. So please, when I'm saying phrases out loud, just use the phrases that work for you. Which is just the, the, the teaching in Buddha, in, at least in early Buddhism, that not everything that happens in our lives is due to karma or past actions. The Buddha is very clear about this, that, that uh, again, this character, Sivaka, who I mentioned in my last talk when they were uh, talking about uh, the Dhamma uh, here and now, realizing the Dhamma in the here and now. He was teaching Sivaka that, that actually karma is just one of the conditions that gives rise to our, our, um, our experience right now. But there's other things, like the, he said, like change of season, like uh, the seasons, Another interesting thing is the humors in the body, or the translated in our language, really the, the health or illness of the, of, of the body that, that just inevitably happens. Another really striking one, harsh treatment. So, so often we can have the sense of, oh, this happened to somebody because of their karma. Or they have these imbalances in their life because, or, or, uh, because of... Uh, their past karma and this is what happened to them. That's not the case. So we can never actually know exactly why something is arising in either in our own lives or in another person's lives. It's, it's beyond our understanding. It's, I think it's one of the things that the Buddha said would drive you crazy if, to try to figure out. Sometimes we can get a misunderstanding from the phrase, you know, you are the owner of your actions. Your happiness and unhappiness depend upon your past actions, not upon your, uh, my wishes for you. So sometimes just so, so I remember that, and I might use it today or, or, or not, sometimes I, it varies. I'll say uh, your happiness and unhappiness unhappi- partly depend upon your past actions. Because it's a reminder of all the causes and conditions that give rise to the, the, you could say, the difficulty or challenge that sometimes happens in people's lives. So we can hold that without assuming that we know how the world works. But we know that it does uh, follow some kind of lawful nature. The way we'll do the all beings uh, today is we'll go through the the categories that you've gone through. Again, beginning what's traditionally done is uh, begin with a neutral person, and then a benefactor or friend, and then self, and then a difficult person, and then we'll move into all beings. One way we'll do it today is just kind of groups of beings that fit for you. So let's begin. So I invite you to uh, begin to allow your awareness to come uh, inward. Maybe something simple like feeling your body sitting. And you might want to begin by allowing for a quality of ease, of relaxation. 
Relaxing the face and the shoulders. Allowing the body to be supported by whatever you're sitting on. then you might want to, if it fits for you, to begin to sense into any quality of stillness or stability or balance that you feel in the body. And now I invite you to begin to bring to mind a neutral person. And for this neutral person, you might want to bring to mind their circumstances. the joys in their life, the sorrows in their life. So connecting, connecting with them in some manner.
And from that sense of stability, of stillness, using the phrase or phrases that resonate for you. Maybe something like, you are the owners, you are the owner of your actions. Your happiness and unhappiness partly depend upon your past actions, not upon my wishes for you. I accept that things just as they are, that things are just as they are for you. Or, I care about you, but I can't control your happiness or unhappiness. Continuing to connect with the neutral person, saying the phrase or phrases, from a sense of stability, of balance, from a sense of acceptance.
now invite you to let go of the neutral person and now bring to mind a benefactor or a friend. Again, what can help is to bring to mind their specific circumstances, <clears throat> their joys, their sorrows, their difficulties, their successes. Connecting with them in some manner. And maybe finding a phrase that expresses that quality of equanimity from a place of stillness or balance or stability. Maybe something like, may I accept that things are just as they are. Or you are the owner of your actions. Your happiness and unhappiness depend upon your past actions, not upon my wishes for you. And if any feeling or emotion or reaction comes as you're doing this, just taking that as something that you can bring a quality of acceptance to, a quality of balance towards. Even that can be brought into this practice right now. Continuing to cultivate this quality of equanimity now towards your benefactor or a friend.
Continue, continuing with the benefactor or friend, connecting with a quality of acceptance or balance, even to any feeling that arises around it. Maybe I care for you, but I cannot control your happiness and unhappiness. I now invite you to begin to bring to mind yourself. Bringing to mind the, the challenges, the areas where things are smooth. Bring your circumstances to mind. could be just simply what's going on right now on the retreat for you. Connecting. And from a bodily sense of some kind of stability or balance or stillness, using a phrase or phrases that help evoke this quality of equanimity, of acceptance. May I accept that things are just as they are.
with a slight variation this phrase, I am the owner of my actions. My happiness and unhappiness depend upon habits of mind. Continuing with yourself or any feeling or feelings that arise around this practice. I now invite you to move along to now the difficult person. Bringing someone to mind who you find challenging in some way. Bringing to mind their, their joys, their sorrows, their circumstances. You are the owner of your actions. Your happiness and unhappiness partly depend upon your actions, not upon my wishes for you.
I now invite you to begin to bring to mind for this sense of all beings, just a group of beings on this planet. So it could be a group of human beings in a particular place. It could be a group of people in your neighborhood, family, friends, maybe a situation in the Middle East or Ukraine. in the Democratic Republic of Congo, in the Sudan. South America. A particular group of people and bringing to mind their particular circumstances. and from a place of stillness, stability, and balance. Allowing for this quality of, of acceptance into any feeling that arises around this group of people or beings. All of you are the owner of your actions your happiness and unhappiness partly depend upon your past actions, not upon my wishes for you. May I accept that things are just as they are. I deeply care, but I cannot control your happiness or unhappiness. Connecting with the situation and all that situation evokes with a sense of balance and acceptance.
continue with that group of beings or that situation. We're picking another group of beings. Human beings or another group of animals. Bringing to mind their circumstances, their particular situation. Connecting. And from that place of balance. bringing to mind or bringing forth a quality of equanimity. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.